Sergio Marchione, the CEO of Chrysler and Fiat, is keeping a mighty tight rein on his direct reports. He hasn't let them talk to the media much, but that is starting to change. Marchione always said he wants to talk about new products when they're just about ready to go in the showrooms. And the new Jeep Grand Cherokee is just about ready to do that. And that's a key reason why our guest for today's show is Michael Manley, the CEO of Jeep. We're going to learn a lot more today about that make it or break it product for the Jeep brand. But because Marchione always gives his executives at least two different jobs to do, Mr. Manley is also the head of Chrysler's international operations. So we should get a good idea of how Chrysler plans to expand its sales and operations outside of North America. And joining me on my journalist panel today are Bob Gritzinger from Auto Week magazine and Scott Burgess from the Detroit News. So stay right where you are. We're about to learn a whole lot more about what's going on with Jeep, and we'll be back right after this. From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine. Here now is John McElroy. Joining us in the studio right now is Michael Manley, the president, CEO of the Jeep brand and head of international operations for Chrysler. Great having you here on the set of AutoLine Detroit, Michael. It's great to be here. My first time and I've uh, looked forward to this. Yeah, well, maybe you won't be saying that when we get done with you because I've asked Scott Burgess from the Detroit News to join me today and Bob Gritzinger from AutoWeek. Great having you guys here, too. Good to be here, Let's man. grill him. You're right. on the verge of bringing out the Jeep Grand Cherokee. This has got to lift a weight off your shoulders. Finally, new product in the showroom. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the uh, Grand Cherokee, as you know, has been uh, anticipated for some time. We've talked about it for, for, for quite a period. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, in fact, the launch of the Grand Cherokee is literally a couple of days after this show. So um, it's been a while getting there. Our dealers, uh, our dealers are very excited about it. We're very excited about the product. Um, and, and I think if you remember what Grand Cherokee means for Jeep, it really is the second icon of the brand. You know, we have Wrangler on the one side and we have Grand Cherokee on the other side, which is our premium SUV. So for me, looking after the Jeep brand, Perfect launch at perfect time, actually, for us. Perfect time, but it's a very weak market. What do you think first year sales might be and then second year sales? You know, I keep getting asked about, you know, what the exact number of sales are. And, and I, I guess at the end of the period, the scorecard will, will tell us how many we've sold. Our expectations for the vehicle is to do very, very well. And, you know, I think that's because what we've really been able to achieve with this vehicle is a great package. It has legendary Jeep capability. Um, but we've been able to combine that, I think, with a on-road performance that will be very delightful to our customers, but unexpected as well. Um, and because of that, it's going to cross over a couple of segments. You know, we talk about the SUV segment, and that's where Jeep's home is. But um, with this package, with the capability, we're going to find that uh, CUV buyers, for example, are going to cross shop it. So we're very excited about it. We're certainly going to gain share with it. And, um, you know, at the end of this year and next year, we'll look back and I think the numbers are going to be very credible. You've uh, always had the, the, I guess, the quintessential unibody SUV. You guys mm -hmm. created that segment uh, despite what some people might suggest that another company over here in Dearborn <laughs> may have created the SUV. Uh, they'll be coming with their new SUV the new Explorer, not long after this vehicle. How are you going to match up? Well, you know, let me talk about our vehicle. I think one of the things that we were able to do with this, as I said, was to create that great package. So uh, when we were thinking about um, the new Grand Cherokee back in the early days of its design, 
uh, we knew that what we had to do was really respond to some of those changing consumer trends that we saw in the marketplace. We had to keep the, the um, capability, and we've done that with three great uh, four-wheel drive systems. We've got the new Quadra lift, which means that you get that uh, road clearance you need if you're going to take it off-road. But it also drops down, and now what we've got is a very, very sophisticated on-road performance as well. And uh, that's also facilitated by Select Terrain, which is all new for Jeep this year. So from capability and on-road dynamics, I think we've got the right package. And then when I think about uh, the value of this vehicle, as you know, we announced prices a few weeks ago. We've actually brought down the MSRP of this vehicle compared to the exit vehicle, which did well in the marketplace. But it's not just about MSRP. We've, we've able to put a lot more content in this vehicle. So for a, a Laredo, for example, MSRP down nearly $500, but total value to our customer up nearly $2,000. And that's right the way through the range. So we're very confident we've got the capability that's classic Jeep, authentic Jeep. We've got a value package that I think will resonate in the marketplace. And this vehicle now comes with some really true craftsmanship. You know, when you get inside the vehicle, you look at the interior, you have more cabin space, four inches more leg room. You also get hand-stitched leather, leather IP, uh, real wood inlay. So I think that package, with the value that we've talked about, with the Jeep brand, is going to be very, very competitive. And it won't just appeal to traditional SUV buyers either. Because, we, as you know, in this vehicle we have our new V6, which means our fuel economy is better. So you've covered everything in the vehicle except for what's under the hood. So let's go there next. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about the new V6. It's Pentastar new V6, first vehicle that this is in. It gives us 11% more fuel economy. Still be able to tow 5,000 pounds on the back of the it's, Jeep. Uh, 290 horsepower. 290 horsepower. Yeah, yeah 290 horsepower. 500-mile um, range now in Grand Cherokee. We never had that with the old one, and we know that's important. So you've got that capability, a great new powertrain with the V6. Of course, we still have our V8, so if you want to tow up to 7,400 pounds, then, then you can a, choose that option. A full Hemi option. Absolutely, full okay. Hemi option on the vehicle as well. Um, and as I said, we've really made sure that we've addressed those changing consumer needs for on-road dynamics as well. And um, because of that, we're... We really are cherishing the opportunity to get this vehicle on the road, compete, and we will compete very, very well. And I believe, uh, you remember when the first Grand Cherokee was launched some time ago, it really defined the prestigious luxury SUV. And I really think that this package is going to do it again. I mean, our attention to detail on the interior is matched by its capability. And um, as I said, the road, the on-road dynamics are superb. This vehicle, compared to the last one, is 146% more torsional stiffness. And you know, I mean, you know the business. That creates a better ride, lower noise levels, and um, the sophistication. Yeah, it's, it's a big difference. Is this uh, Cherokee customer compared to previous Cherokee customers? Um, well, I mean, the capability means that all of the previous Cherokee customers are going to be very interested mm -hmm. in this vehicle as well. And in the industry, we talk about this new CUV segment. You know, sometimes I think we try and segment customers' buying habits in many different ways. But for sure, there was a group of customers, a trend that moved towards, I think, three things, a, a slightly lower ride height, uh, more economy, you know, more lower cost of ownership, um, but great on-road dynamics. And that was important for us because as customer demand had changed over recent years, with the um, technology that we've brought to bear on this vehicle, you do get more interior space, four inches extra leg room, big increase in cargo area. The new quadrilist system that we have 
helps with that capability off-road, but when you're driving on-road, it actually drops to the optimal driving height, reducing noise, improving fuel economy. So those people that in the past had thought maybe I'll go to a CUV solution because I don't need that true capability, this vehicle will play to those as well. So that's a whole new customer segment that gets open to us from this car. And, that, and again, I think that's one of the reasons why we're really excited about it. Michael, last November during that big press conference where Sergio Marchionne and all the Chrysler executives laid out uh, the, the future of the company, what I call the de Batan Death March, because it yeah. was an eight-hour press <laughs> oh, yeah. conference. Yeah. It, was a, yeah, it was a long day. You got up there and said, we're going to sell 800,000 Jeeps by 2014. Mm -hmm. Are you still holding to that number? And that's almost twice as many mm -hmm. Jeeps as you sold in the U.S. market a couple of years ago. So how are you going to get to that number, and what role will selling it outside of North America play? Well, absolutely. We're still holding to that number. I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, one of the cultural differences in Chrysler is that now culturally we, we really determined to deliver what we promised. So we're staying very true to that 800,000 number. Firstly, I think the, the year of comparison was not a benchmark year. Probably not. Right? I mean, we, we've seen dramatic drops in the industry anyway. So overlaying a future projection, you have to factor in that there will be some recovery. Mm -hmm. Believe me. I mean, we're already seeing some already. signs of recovery. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I think you have to look at the balance of business for, for Chrysler Group. I and mean, we've been heavily dependent on North American markets, mm -hmm. particularly here in the U.S. Our international sales have been only 11, 12% of our total uh, volume. We've grown that to around 18%. And with a brand like Jeep, it's globally known. So when we get our products right, we know that people are aware of our brand. We know that the total SUV segment in the world is huge. I mean, over 6 million SUVs are sold around the world of various guises. So with the right portfolio, the right product, we have a huge opportunity, not just to re-establish. I mean, Jeep was the authentic SUV, the number one SUV. We not only have the opportunity to re-establish that here in the home of Jeep, but make big inroads in international markets as well. And you know some of those markets are growing very strongly. So well, we're definitely holding to the 800,000 number. We, we're, we're pretty confident with that. I heard you mention the word portfolio. And so I guess I would say uh, you have three vehicles that we're aware of. What does it grow to? What do you need to get to that 800,000 number? Well, I think one of the things that we have to be careful of as we go forward is Jeep can't be all things to all people. You know, see another Compass in the future? Um, well, Compass and Patriot play in C-segment SUV, you know, the smaller size. That's a very, very large market. And, of course, there are different, the different tastes around the world. Jeep, as a global brand, has to be able to reflect in the vehicles that we produce. Certainly our home market, our important market here in the U.S., but we also have to make sure that we have vehicles that resonate in international markets as well. And we get a lot of comments on Compass and Patriot. You know, was that a failure? Did it work? Didn't it right, work? Right. But there are many international markets where Compass, in fact, is the lead vehicle of those two. And I think what we're able to do now that we've seen Compass and Patriot in the marketplace, we've really looked at the way customers have evolved in their tastes, is that the next um, small SUV, C-segment SUV, will be able to take the attributes of Compass and Patriot, be true to Jeep, but really expand its reach. So um, that's going to be our target. Wrangler-esque, maybe, eh? Well, you know, one of the things that, um, that I think everyone talks about is, is Wrangler as the original, the icon of the brand. But honestly, there is only one Wrangler. And um, Wrangler, I think, is the extreme capability. As you know, it's body on frame. The smaller SUV market is really looking for a different package, a different dynamic. 
I mean, we will bring the capability of Jeep to that vehicle, but it will absolutely be another evolution of combining that on-road dynamics and great fuel economy. And um, so Wrangler-esque, certainly DNA that ties it back to Wrangler, but very, very much more a modern interpretation of Jeep, very much more in keeping with the consumer demands that we've seen change over recent years. With, you mentioned fuel economy. Where does Jeep fit in in the future as CAFE gets more and more stringent, and how does that stack up with uh, the rest of Chrysler's portfolio? Well, you know, as you know, CAFE really takes into account a number of things, not just the fuel economy, but the overall footprint of the vehicle, and there's a, a, there's a number of things that go into the calculation. Um, CAFE, for us, obviously, is an organization. We need to meet the standards of CAFE. We need to continue to develop our economy of our vehicles. And I think if you, again, I'm going to turn this on its head, really, and talk about customer demand. We've seen... Um, a number of comments and talked to a number of people about do you think the SUV segments will continue to decline? Why is that happening? The advent of the CUV segment, we talked a little bit about that before. And I think if you get behind what the customers are looking for, they obviously need going forward a degree of uh, lower cost of ownership. And that really comes from three key areas. It, it, it comes from obviously the purchase price and the residual value of the vehicle. It comes from the fuel economy that you're going to get and it comes from the maintenance costs whilst you own that vehicle. And I'll use Grand Cherokee as a great example. With the new V6, we get improved fuel economy, 23 highway. But we also, working on this vehicle, spend a lot of time on the cost of ownership, really looking at maintenance costs for customers. And when we benchmark our forecasts on Grand Cherokee, we know it's more than competitive. In fact, it leads in many areas in terms of cost of ownership. And the feedback we've had is the residual values are going to be very strong. So now if you think of that from a value proposition, we can meet some of those changing consumer demands that say, you know, my lifestyle's changing. I, I really do need to reflect the fact that things are more expensive. So we address that point. And you bolt that on to Jeep capability. You know, the V6, we talked, it's 290 horsepower, but we'll tow 5,000 pounds very capable off-road. So if we're able to address what the customers want in capability, but provide for their fiscal needs that it needs to be low cost of ownership, we're going to be successful with the products. And, and again, that talks to where Grand Cherokee, I think, will resonate. So let me understand your lineup. You've got the Wrangler, which is the quintessential Jeep. You've got the Grand Cherokee, which I guess is the second quintessential Jeep. Absolutely. You're keeping Liberty. Mm -hmm. But you seem to be suggesting maybe there's something smaller than Liberty coming along as well. How many vehicles do you need in your lineup? Well, you know, November the 4th, we said that we wanted to address the key SUV segments, which, of course, is the, the full size, which we've done with Grand Cherokee. Uh, Liberty continues on through to the end of 2012, as we said on November the 4th. And then Compass and Patriot, though, those vehicles will be changed again 2012. Um, one of the emerging segments around the world is even a smaller version of SUV, BSUV, starting in Europe, but is beginning to spread to international markets. And obviously that's interest to us. We are an SUV brand. So we need to make sure that we have vehicles that will address the um, customer demands today in terms of size, but also looking very much down the line. I mean, 2012-14, those vehicles will last until 2016-18. So you have to have a pretty good crystal ball. So we're also looking at um, BSUV, nothing to, to announce today. But outside of that, I think our portfolio still needs to be focused. Jeep is an SUV brand. It's known for uh, many things, capability, adventure. 
and we're very conscious that we don't need to dilute that, particularly as Chrysler Group has a portfolio of brands that address different segments. And uh, I think, you know, if you look at what we said on November the 4th, some of the overlap between the brands, which causes some inefficiency, we're also working to remove that so that in future we're very clean in terms of our brands. We have uh, brands that are complementary in the showroom and we cover a very broad customer base, whether that's in Jeep or SUV brand or Ram or truck brand. If you're looking at the B segment, very small sized, what about the opposite end? I mean, Jeep aficionados has said for a year, why don't you bring back the Wagoneer? Why not go even more upscale? Or are you looking at anything like that? Well, there is an opportunity to go upscale with Jeep. As you know, today we have the Commander, which is the, the three-row Jeep. That will be um, removed from the, from the North American market. Maybe opportunities internationally for us. But I do see that that um, very large SUV segment is uh, relevant in this country and will continue to be relevant. So, of course, it's interesting to us. And as you know, with the alliance with Fiat, we actually have um, access to technology that's going to, again, improve fuel efficiency. So if it makes sense for us to move Jeep up in terms of size, and we can do that, again, with the value package that we've talked about, then, of course, it will be interesting, something that we need to look at. Is there any Fiat technology on the new Grand Cherokee? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Fiat, but and the irony being that this is the first major product mm -hmm. coming out of Chrysler under the new Fiat umbrella, but they didn't really have anything to do with this vehicle, did they? But that's, that's a fantastic question because, as you know, it takes three, four years, totally new platform to develop a vehicle from uh, a design through to, to market. And when we talk about our alliance with Fiat, a lot of people will focus on the technology. You know, they're known for small cars, very fuel efficient, in fact, multi-air, multi yeah. common rail diesel. But remember, the alliance is much, much deeper with Fiat. And they have absolutely had an impact on, on Grand Cherokee, even though we, we only emerged as a new company, what was it, 12 months ago. And let me explain where that is, because what we benefit from is, is we can look at an organization that has been through a very, very similar situation to Chrysler. In 2004, Fiat were written off in Europe, they're gone, and they went through a transformation. So firstly, they have a, a lot of experience in terms of how fast you need to move, how quickly that you need to change some of your systems and processes, what does culture mean to the company. But through that period, they also developed things like world-class manufacturing in their plants. Now that can have two key benefits, quality, and we've talked a lot about quality with Grand Cherokee, and of course efficiency and cost. Right from the minute that we exited, working with our new sister company, if you like, with Fiat, we've begun rolling out world-class manufacturing in our plants. And JNAP, where Grand Cherokee is built, was one of the plants that's benefited from that. So in terms of the technology that is in the vehicle or the design of the platform, of course that needed to be started before the alliance. But there is a big influence, and I'll give you one example on the, on the quality side. We now, having installed world-class manufacturing in the plant, that means that our attention to detail in terms of fit and finish, in terms of our expectation of quality when it rolls off has gone up dramatically. We've put in, for example, what they call master gauges. We never had those before in the plant. These gauges are capable of measuring fit and finish to such a finite detail that now when we measure quality, the standards against which we're measuring have gone up and our expectations have gone up. So Grand Cherokee is rolling off the line today at quality levels we have never seen before, and that's a direct result of the alliance with Fiat. 
And so all of that translates down the road into residual values, and that's Absolutely. what you were... Yeah, it, it translates into residual values, and it also translates into our ability with this vehicle not only to retain grand, existing Grand Cherokee owners, and you know Grand Cherokee in its segment has the highest customer loyalty of any SUV, but enables us to confidently talk to conquest buyers that maybe have not considered Jeep in the past, either because they've had history of it or because they have this perception, because we now have a product at quality levels that they haven't seen from our company before. So again, that helps us expand the reach of Jeep and helps us increase, um, increase the share that we, that we have. Let's talk about uh, international operations sure. a little bit. Uh, because you've got two jobs, which I find fascinating, that Sergio Marchionne has given all his direct reports, not one job. One job is enough with everything that you're going through. Now you've got two. How do you split your time? How do you work this between Jeep and my managing international operations? Well, let me answer the question in terms of, I'm going to step back kind of a little bit from the question, because I think a number of things have changed within Chrysler that's worth us talking about. You know, any company that's been through the degree of change that we've been through, um, Daimler Chrysler, separation, Cerberus ownership, then of course the 363 and now the Alliance, that, that has a big impact on an organization. Chrysler as an old company in the past had built up layers and layers of management, as, as often happens in mature companies. Um, what that does in the organizations, it slows down decisions, and people who are working in, in the lower levels, the people who actually do the work, don't often feel that they have a voice. So it can create a company that gets in the way of itself. So as we exited 363, we did a number of things. Firstly, we delayed the organization significantly. And that's good because now we're much, much closer to the people who do the work as well as to our dealers who interface with our customers. So we can be faster, we can spot trends earlier. The other thing that we did, which again, some companies that are very mature um, tend to be very inward looking. You know, they, they tend to be fascinated with themselves and to some extent that impacted Chrysler. We completely changed that around in terms of our focus now, for sure we need to understand where we are, but we need to understand much clearer where the, where the customers are going, where our competitors are. So today we cherish, we cherish competition and we look forward to, um, to getting this vehicle out there and proving its worth. But what came with that was a real sense that it, the company now is a meritocracy, and by that I mean I only get to stay in my position if I perform and I work in a team that works. Now what that does is it really strengthens teamwork because it's impossible for one person to be responsible for Jeep as well as international. I have a fantastic team in the company, and they work very, very collaboratively, which means my involvement level that I would have had in the past has been able to be reduced because these people are more empowered, they have a voice, we're moving faster. So um, I think that's the only reason that you can do multiple jobs. And um, as a result of that, the morale in the company is changing, it's still a long way to go but it feels much more dynamic. People feel, I think, that they have a say in, in what's going on in the organization. And um, for me, it's one of the major ingredients of the turnaround program for Chrysler. How, how important do you see the, the Grand Cherokee la launch? This is the first one in seven months since the big November uh, meeting. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> There'll be a strong cadence for the second half of the year. Yes. But how much does this need to be a home run? And, and we need a sort of quick answer. We're down to the last minute. 
Well, very, very quick answer. The, the, the eyes of the world are on us. This vehicle launch is important for the whole Chrysler Group as well as Jeep. And we talked about it being the second icon of Jeep. So it's vital for our company. Now, people say if you don't get new product, the organization's going to die. But just look at our track record in the first quarter. I think when we announced our results, I think people were very surprised. Operating profit of 143 million, momentum building. We saw volume and share increases over the last two months. So what this does is it builds on that early momentum that we had in the organization and is the start of a lot of product changes. And by the end of the year, 75% of our products will be new or refreshed. So yes, it's the first one, absolutely important, but we've already got some momentum that's building. Real good with that. We're going to have to wrap it up. Michael Manley, thanks so much for coming on AutoLine Detroit. Great having you here. It was great to be here. Scott and Bob, great having you guys great too. To be here. I'll be back in a moment with some closing thoughts. Chrysler obviously has some pretty ambitious goals of how and where it expects the Jeep brand to grow. And if it can pull that off, the company will be in pretty good shape. Time will tell. Join us again next week when my guest will be Rodney O'Neill, the chairman and CEO of Delphi, another automotive company that was on death's door and is trying to make a comeback. Even though Delphi is a shadow of its former size, it's still a significant player in the automotive supplier industry and we'll need to find out what's in store for the company. But that brings us to the end of this show. For all of us here at AutoLine Detroit, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.